Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, a very warm welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod for one last time this season. I'm Johnny Hammond and as ever alongside, it's Rachel Burford. How are you, Long John Silver? Are you well? <laughs> yeah, just about. Not bad, thanks, Johnny. How about you? Yeah, we're good. I, I'm, I always hobble around, but um, how is hobbling <laughs> around for you? Do you know what? It's got a, a little bit easier. I went to see the knee specialist last week and he was like, get rid of your crutches. I need your mobile before your operation. So got rid of those. Um, but yeah, it's just been managing it, getting it in a good place, ready for surgery tomorrow. Surgery tomorrow. Okay, good stuff. And ha- has your mind been able to, obviously that's, you know, a big a big point tomorrow to, to get through and what have you. Has your mind turned to next season at all and, and thought to whether when you might be getting back or when you might be playing again or, or thoughts just on a, on, a, on a here and now for now? Yeah, I think naturally when you when you have an operation or when you get an injury, the first question that any player says was, how long till I'm back? Um, so that was kind of probably my first questions. Um, and, you know, I've got a really good chance of getting back not too long after the start of the season. And, yeah, so I, I'm in a relatively okay place at the moment. I think post-surgery I'll probably be a little bit sadder. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I've got really good care. Like the support staff at Harlequins are really looking after me already. And we've got a plan in place. And I think that's the main thing to get your head around it is when you don't know what it is and you don't know the plan, you don't know the steps, then it's really difficult to to have a mindset to go, do you know what? Right. I know what it is now let's crack on. And, and, you know, there's a few other girls in rehab club as well at the club. So we're going to have a pretty good time there together. Um, But yeah, I mean, it is, it, it is really sad and disappointing, but it is what it is. And you just got to crack on and, and hopefully, you know, I'll come out the other side of it stronger, fitter and, and ready to crack on. Awesome. Positive as ever. So, I mean, we're not going to hold you to it, but we will see Rachel Burford in the quarters next season. I think that's uh, great news for lots and lots of people outside of Saracens. So, well done, you. Good, positive um, mindset. And, yeah, all the very best. I'm sure all of our listeners and viewers and uh, everyone out wishes you all the very, very best for tomorrow. Um, same surgeries you've had before? <laughs> well... I've done well to avoid Andy Williams for the first time I saw him was in 2008. So I've done pretty well to avoid him till then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's like the rugby guru. Like literally I came, I won't say who, but I came out the of his consultant room and there was like two other male rugby players waiting to go in and see him. So he's the absolute boss. And yeah, I, I'm really pleased I've got him doing the surgery. Great stuff. I thought Andy Williams was a singer, but you keep the fire. Maybe he does that too. Perhaps Maybe he, he sings in theatre. Hey, eh? well, yeah, why well, just singing away while shopping away and <laughs> putting bits and pieces in together? No, no, no. Anyway, all, all the all the very very best. Anyway, on to today's show. Um, we're just going to wrap up the season, really. Just highlight a few talking points. Uh, a few of the guests that we've really really enjoyed. Just have a look at back at uh, what has been. Uh, a tumultuous season, really, for, for lots of different reasons, um, and has ended on, on a personal note for a few, but in a, in a, in a bittersweet ending, hasn't it? But um, look, it's been um, it's been interesting, of course, with the global pandemic. But let's kind of let's put that aside. There's there's plenty of chat, plenty of airtime, plenty of column inches uh, on that. Let's let's just focus on, on the rugby and, and women's rugby has been 
certainly uh, in England, has been very, very privileged um, and with the Six Nations and stuff as well, and some sevens coming back at the weekend. Very privileged to, to carry on playing. How How's the season? Let's talk about the season on field for now. How, how have you seen the season as a, as a whole, Bert? Well, I think it's been, I think all the players and teams and, and management have really adapted so well this year with all the changes and the COVID situation. Like it's not been easy. It's like tripled the amount of work people have had to do. And I think the way that the league has panned out and how competitive it was still with all of that going on, you know, I think it's been a really impressive season. Um and we talk about resources like we do have a lot, but that we also don't have that much. And for us to be able to have continued the league and have very little COVID situations or, um, you know, things that may have arose from that, we, I think it's been incredible. And then the, the demonstration of the actual rugby has been amazing. I think, you know, Wasps have blown people away this year. Exeter have, South Sharks as well, new on the scene, you know, pushing for games in the first half. And I think... You know, Saracens and Harlequins, who have always been seen top of the tree, they've had upsets. They've had, you know, games and results not go their way. I think we've seen Darlington get that final win finally after a really tough season for them. And I just think, you know, generally the display of rugby has been outstanding. Whatever round it was, there was a story uh, or there was a player. And it, I think that has been incredible for, for the growth of it. It's, and I keep going back to it, but during this time, that time of COVID, we're playing different adapted laws. You know, we've had to be in bubbles. We you know, we haven't been able to socialise and connect like that as a team. And I think how we've demonstrated and gone about our business has been absolutely first class from all the teams. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, totally agree with you. And, I, and I'll chuck in a, a word bravery there because, you know, the, the height of this thing and, you know, we're, we're still around the world. It's, it's still still very, very present and who knows how long it'll be present for. But the bravery for, for you guys to to mix into into those situations, not just uh, sort of do your day-to-day work and what have you, but, but to put yourselves out there and, and to do that. Um, you know, lots of people wouldn't. And I, I just looking at my sheet over here, I think it's only about four or five games that had, had to be postponed. And there wasn't any testing, just, you know. Um, and yet in the men's game, formal games... <clears throat> um, postponed and, and rearranged and, 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 and results made and lots more um, lots more um, cases. So and yeah, they had full testing over you. So absolute testament to everybody behind the scenes. Um, huge, huge amounts of, of planning, as you say, an organisation. So huge, huge credit to to everyone behind the scenes. That's that has been amazing. But um, as you say on the field, it's it, it's just been another step up again for me. The, the the quality um, and as you say it's by Christmas um, or sort of November Harlequin Saracens are, are, are cut adrift and, and away um, we go the last couple of seasons it's just not been the case and as you say the likes of Sale incredibly dogged they're already you know going to continue to grow Exeter you know, my, my team of the season um, have been absolutely outstanding um, and it for me, it shows those clubs, that are, and I think Worcester will will come again um, this season. I think they've been incredibly unlucky with 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 injuries, um, but I think those clubs that that it's fully immersed. You know, there is no difference between the men and the women, and whether it's livery or playing at, 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 at the same ground, 
or social media, whatever it is, those those clubs that are fully immersed to their women's program are other clubs that are seem to be doing better than, than those that aren't. And um, yeah, that's well, <laughs> make your own conclusions. But no, I think it's been a been an outstanding season uh, on the field. Um, as you say, we're going to talk about a, a few bits and pieces um, today. Some of our good guests, Berth. I mean, we've had. 38 shows this series. Where do you start? Feels like 380. No, 38 uh, episodes. Um, So nearing 60 guests. Um, We've had MBEs, we've had Sirs, (laughs) we've had Gods, we've had Goddesses. Um, Anyone particularly jump out at you? So I'm going to I'm going to jump in first actually because I think okay. we we look forward. <laughs> no, that's really rude, isn't it? I'm, I'm not being gentlemanly. Ladies first, please. No, I'll let you go. Go on. You're desperate too, so go on. Oh, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm interested to know. I'm just jumping forward to you know next year and World Cup and what have you. And you know one of the highlights of, of one of um, our episodes was with uh, Alison Hughes, who's grown from Arch of, uh, of the women's game for World Rugby and. Uh, the World Cup, of course, which is postponed to, to next year. And it's something that, that she said in uh, one of our chats with her um, that just just really blew me away and thought, wow, I've, I've come against so much of, of the opposite of what she's talking about. But it was so refreshing at the highest level to, to hear what she said. Now, I'll stop babbling and let's just hear from Alison. You know, a real a real engagement and a real desire from everybody who was working in the women's 15 space and, and the women's space in total really to do something creative and and really some of the egos were left outside the door a lot of people you know who came particularly to a meeting we had in hong kong in may of uh 2019 i have to think about that uh, we were, certainly weren't there in 2020 but uh in 2019 and, and a lot of conversations started with that won't suit our team but it's better for the game a lot of conversations over two days started like that. And it was it was a privilege really to sit in that room and listen to those men and women talk about how they really wanted to improve the lot of, of women's players and, and were prepared to do pretty much whatever it took to make that happen. Great to hear, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I think it, it's really good that, you know, women's fans hear that um, because you know, things like that, it's, it's great that it's happening at the top, but it also needs to filter down and happen in grassroots and happen in um, domestic club rugby around the world. If they can hear that those discussions and those collaborations of unions working together in order to grow the game and push it forward, then hopefully, you know, that can also trickle down into, like I said, like grassroots, into domestic and and hopefully get heads together to realise, you know, how do we move this forward? Well, actually, if we work together and, and we don't just think of our own agenda, we think of the bigger agenda, then that's such a great message. Yeah. I, you know, men's, I mean, perhaps it's to do with professionals or whatever, but, you, you, you know, I, I see the, the trials and tribulations in, in, in the men's game and, you know, a lot of it is, uh, you know, because it's it's our own you know point of view you know uh, take the premiership clubs and, and the lines and our agreement has been made and what have you now but you know i'm sure a lot of money's changed hands and what have you a player release and that kind of stuff you know the women's game just just simply isn't there and we've said it before is it it's embryonic 
uh, if we're honest, in terms of its development and, and, and where the game is. Real, real chance to, to build solid foundations, and it's going to take a lot more of, of that. Stop viewing here and, and, and widen out the view to what's what's best for the game. And um, yeah, it'd be it'd be great if everyone had that that, that view that Alison was talking about there a little bit more because uh, yeah, it's going to going to help grow the game. It, it needs all the help it can get so far. But um, there were some real, real positive signs, weren't there, this season? I think sort of let's touch on the Six Nations. Yeah, I mean, so much positivity. And actually, that's probably one of my favourite chats where we had with Sarah and with um, Ali from Scrum Queens. I just think, you know, just having that kind of chatting about generally, but then also picking our team in the tournament was pretty good fun. So many articles. I started sort of just, I couldn't even consider doing the fantasy team. That would distress me out altogether. Oh, my God, I can't believe you didn't do that. Yeah, I couldn't do it. But I, I've never seen so much coverage and not just, you know, amongst the usual suspects. You know, you always get decent coverage, say, from the Irish Times, from the Telegraph, BBC yeah. during the tournament. This was everywhere and in every country. And that felt really game changing to me. I think perhaps also touching on what you talked about originally there, Johnny, about the good and the bad. I am not going to name names in this example, but it did expose where some unions are lacking when it comes into the resources that are needed in their women's programs. And I don't necessarily just mean on the field. It was very apparent the unions who were behind and not recognising that there was no men's international rugby in this window. They had a real opportunity to exploit it. And there were perhaps one or two unions who didn't take that and are perhaps maybe looking at this now and going, we really missed out here. We've got to raise our game. Or at least that's what we hope. I still can't believe Ali didn't do Fantasy League. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. Her, her mind is, I mean, probably the most qualified person probably on the planet to do it. Um, I, I, I have to say, I, I love spending time in, um, in Ali's company and Sarah as well, um, two ladies who, who constantly give to the women's game for, for the greater good uh, and not their own personal game. And, um, yeah, there aren't many of those. So, yeah, it was magic to um, to have them on. And we I think we chose a pretty decent side as well. <laughs> I it was all right. Was it very decent? I mean, we had Poppy at eight and she was our captain, wasn't she? Leanne at nine. We didn't have any um, England backs, did we? Remember at the end of that, we were like, right, so England are just one, but no, even no, Skaz didn't make it. That's no. unheard of. <laughs> she won't be happy with you. <laughs> She's far too busy. Um, tell you what I loved about the Six Nations as well was the return of the French. And I, I don't mean the return of the French, but there was just... There was a return of the steel, and I know they lost to, to England. Um, yeah, who knows if, if the lights had stayed on, um, what would have happened there? But um, there was just there was just a difference to them. I don't know. The same with the, the men's side as well. But there was just that opening game against Wales. They were just utterly relentless, and their defence was outstanding. And it's not always the case. And it wasn't a question of score three tries and then sit back and have his guitar yeah. and, a, and a little pasties and, and, you know, let the rest of the game sort of flow over them. They were properly on it. And that can only only be a really, really good thing. 
Yeah, I mean, I love it. I love playing against France and love it when they turn up like that because it just becomes this incredible battle and spectacle for those who are watching as well. And I really liked that how, you know, they played England in that autumn game and they were outstanding and, and lost at the death. You know, it was always going to be then questionable because you always get this like, really poor performance, great performance, poor, and you never get consistent with them. And to see them have that consistency through the Six Nations, you know, obviously they're starting to get things right over there, keeping that consistency together. Um, So, yeah, it was great to see them. I think it questioned England a lot, the Six Nations. Um, But I think it, you know, it also highlighted some of the lack of investment in, in some unions as well and how Wales are now doing a full review on the women's program and of the Six Nations. And I think, you know, it highlighted a lot of great things, but it also highlighted a lot of areas that need more growth and need more work as well. But if, but if, if, if that's how it has to be identified uh, and, and the, you know, the, the fallout is the fact that the Wales are now doing a proper assessment. They've said they, they will leave no stone unturned and make difficult decisions if they need to. Um, you know, just, it's just not been right, has it? Roland Phillips and all the shrouded mystery around that. And then we get Rachel Taylor and the shrouded mystery around that. Yeah, hearing lots and lots of stories, which, you know, aren't for broadcast. But, um, yeah, bizarre, bizarre situations. But if the fallout is that Wales and the WRU do properly invest in the women's programme, then, then that's a good thing. And if they need to be, I wouldn't say publicly humiliated, but, you know, and it's very difficult for the for the girls. You think Sean Lillycrap and, and players like this just put every, absolutely everything into it, but it's almost like going into the ring with Mike Tyson with your arms behind your back, isn't it? it it's it's just not fair. And if that highlights change and positive change, then I say we you take the hit, don't you? Yeah, no, I I, th- I think Wales have gone. Do you know what? something's not right and we need to do something about it. And I think to swallow that pride and to step out there and go, right, we're going to do a full review on this and, and we'll have answers moving forward. Um, yeah, I think it, it's a, it has to be seen as a positive, you know, for, for the players. They, they will be disappointed with the results on the pitch. But if it then amounts to something better for the future – then, you know, no, no player from Wales went out there and didn't play with their heart and get, leave everything out there. You know, they don't turn up to, to be beaten. They don't turn up to, you know, just allow opposition to play. They go out there and they try their absolute best and they want to win and they're proud to to be in their share and represent their, their family and their country. Um, you know, so irrelevant of what the result is, players will play for and do everything um for their jersey and I think now and 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 you can see that you can see the desperation and the heart that they play with and now the union are going you know what we we need to match that now we need to support what how our players play and we need to give them greater opportunity to be more competitive um so I think yeah as much as the players will feel hard done by or, or will feel you know I don't think that they feel humiliated because, like I said, they went out there and they give it their all and they didn't roll over. But, you know, it's hard to take those results. But I think, yeah, if something comes out the back of it, which it will, I think there's too much coverage. There's too many people talking about you, like you said, those cult, those mystery things for it to just go away. Um, and they've got good people involved there that just kind of need to to get it all going in the in the same direction and everyone on the same page. Yeah. 100%. Um, Ireland worries me. 
Um, unbelievable talent there. Uh, but I think they're squeezing every drop out of, of that talent without properly proper structural support um, uh, above them. And there's no noise. You know, we, we've heard from Chief Executive WIU about their contracts and, and money being involved in, in, in the Welsh players and trying to get Welsh players back, back to their own club game because they've all just, you know, filtrated into the, the Premier 15s, haven't they? But, um, yeah, Ireland does does worry me somewhat. I know they're using the Sevens programme a little bit um, to, to bring players through. But, um, yeah, we, we will wait to see. lost a couple of players. You know, Hannah Tyrrell, who was outstanding just in the Six Nations, one player of the game, and and now she's retired. And, and you know, that that's due to – is that due to – I mean, I don't know personally, but – is that a physical thing? Absolutely not, by the way that she played. So, you know, losing players from the game is, is the other thing that's happening because, as you say, the demand is too much on them um, to be able to, to commit to it how they want to. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I don't know the reasons um, for, for Jay Cockle going to do the fighting, but as it stands, you, you've got to know what you're going to do post-career at the moment and you've got to know what you're going to do in between playing games of rugby to, to earn money. And it was something that was massively highlighted, wasn't it, by Chelsea Alley, the the Blackburn World Cup winner. Uh, we had Chelsea on, oh, it was January time, was it? Something like that. Um, after she, you know, very, very classily, oh, no, it was, it was uh, a couple of months ago, wasn't it, May or something. Uh, yeah, in a really, really classy way, just factually put out there the trials and tribulations that professional players are just expected to have to do. Um, they're trying to be professional, but anything but in terms of what they have to go through on a daily basis. There's a lot of hype around that Super Rugby game and there was a lot of excitement. Um, myself personally, I did a lot of kind of media and um, obviously felt a lot of excitement myself to be playing in that game. And then, uh, yeah, on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and the rest of the following week, um, there was a real kind of low point, I guess, after being on such a high. And for that low point for me, it, it's just going back to a normal, normal day life, really, which consists of getting up super early in the morning to train so that I can get, then go to my other job, which is a normal, normal job I teach for a living as well. Um, going there all day and then coming home again having a quick feed and then going to another training. And, yeah, I just – I got in a pretty – a bit of a hole on, on Tuesday, I guess, and I just kind of thought to myself, why am I still so stressed about doing all of these types of things? Um, why am I still fitting in three different jobs and rushing to physio in between my lunch break and having to do lots of meal prep on a Sunday so that coming home dark every night I've got, you know, a healthy dinner to eat. Um, I've been in the Black Fence team for 10 years now, um, which is a long time. And I know a lot of people around me and a lot of people just out in public think think um, that we probably get a lot different to, to what we do get in reality. Um, I mean, the fact that I do work three jobs and a lot of the other girls in the team work a lot of jobs too, um, just, just to survive really is is just, I guess, the real representation of us in real life. Um, semi-professional 
is a really interesting word, I think, because the expectation is that you are professional. You train the amount of hours as a professional trains. You perform on the same level as a professional performs. And especially here in New Zealand, because we are a rugby nation, if you are in a black jersey, getting to represent New Zealand in rugby, you must train, perform, breathe, eat, live like a professional. But then the semi part of that is the part that makes it so hard because you're not full-time professional enough to to be able to just put all your eggs in that basket. Um, You've got to have other things to do just to survive, really. So um, that's where this semi-professional thing is just, it, it does become almost unsustainable over a long period of time. Yeah, I just think it's quite um, hard hitting, isn't it? When, especially when I think the rest of the world look in and think, you know, New Zealand have got it all. It's all worked out, and the same with England and and France because they've got this professional type of professional status next to their name. But yet, the reality is, is that some players still have to find other work. You know, Chelsea doing three different jobs in order to be able to to commit to the game. It, you know, it, it's hard, and it's not. And I, I, I want this message to be right because it, no player does it just for the money, but the money makes it easier, right? And it makes it you to be able to commit to it properly. And I, I've been in a position where, you know, I haven't been able to just survive on, on the money when I was a professional player and I've had to find other work and I've had to keep my kind of connections with um you know, people over the years to make sure that I have options when I when I finish my finish playing because it's not even a career where it's sustainable to, you know, save money and to be able to even put a, a deposit for a mortgage and things like that. So, you know, players sacrifice a hell of a lot, even when they're professional status. And I think, I think it's just, it's obviously disappointing to hear that from Chelsea, but I think it's also like we need to hear the realities of it as well. It's a, it's a wake up call. Yeah. We, we've spoken about, the positivity, haven't we, a play on the field? I think generally in the world, you know, just women flooding into the game, whether it be in Syria, Iran, Uganda, England, Wales, Scotland, wherever. You know, it's one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing team sport in the world. Um, but there is still a huge, a huge amount to do. And when you look across other sports, which of course we must do, um, you know, the, the broadcast kind of deals with the, you know, the, the women's football at the moment. Um, of course, you know, two broadcasters fighting it out to, to get the rights to that. Um, you, uh, you look at uh, the tennis and equal prize money, this kind of stuff. Um, you know, the netball's going from, from strength to strength uh, around the world. You know, the, the men's players, auto internationals, Pablo Dogu got £17,000 a game to not play in an autumn series every game and I, I would really really love to know and I, I genuinely don't know um, what an England player is paid for, for a yearly contract to you know, when they're announcing the England squad um, uh, you know, and I, I suspect it'll probably be a one if not a couple of games that, that's it but the disparity is, is huge and you can make a commercial argument all you like but it's just not morally right um, so money doesn't uh, doesn't come into it. Um, still a lot to do. Hello, you lovely people. I'm Shauna Brown, and you're listening 
to women's rugby for it. But let's turn it back to the positives then, Berth. Who have been your other favourite guests? I mean, there's uh, 60 of them. <laughs> um, I was a favourite, wasn't she, last week? Come on. Yeah, no, of course she was. And obviously the pod naturally getting to talk about winning the Allianz Premier 15 was amazing to be able to do and not sit on the fence of the other side um, this time, this year round. Um, and you got yeah. emotional. <laughs> yeah. I, well, she would. I mean, she's and been you. there. Oh, yeah, and me, yeah. You almost got tears at almost, almost. Yeah, well, you just, you took me back to that moment of realising that we had done it and... You know, it'd been a long time coming. Um, so, yeah, let's go there again. Um, I loved having Bird on, Lisa Burgess. She's awesome. She just speaks so well and, and from the heart and has this, like, ultimate desire. And it's incredible how she's, you know, vice president on the the WRU board now. So she was one of my favourites. I mean, we've literally had ridiculous amount. I mean, we should mention Katie Dane McLean, but... I mean, MBE, come on. Oh, yeah, MBE, forgot about that bit. Um, yeah, I mean, do you remember me and Lottie having that discussion back in at Christmas time, yeah. talking about game against each other and stuff? I might watch that one back actually, see what she was saying. Um, but yeah, like Sue Day, having her on. I think Alana Thomas, like hearing from the other side of the world. I mean, it's just ridiculously jam packed, isn't it? Yeah, a boppium. Uh, Poppy, 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 Poppy and Pops. Pops, yeah, whatever they want to call themselves. <laughs> You're welcome. You can have that one. Um, Poppy and Pops. Uh, they were in a car, weren't they, on the way to, to England? That was a, obviously a fun chat. I'd like to hear from from Amy Turner. Sure, mm. a couple of times a week. Alicia, one more. Do you remember him? He went on a good old rant, didn't he? Wow. <laughs> a long pod that one. Um, again, again, you know, those having. Yeah, what what a compliment! And yeah, we don't often sort of waft a bit of smoke our way um, in certain directions. But you know, end of a season, I think we're, we're at liberty to do that. You know, to to attract or, or for people to to be happy enough, whether whether it be Alison Hughes or you know, Mel Robinson, you know, huge figure in the, in the women's game. Um, you know, whether it be Katie Davidson, Emily Scout, uh, you know, Rocky Clark. Uh, no doubt we're, we're missing lots and lots of people here, but you know, to, to have those, those kind of people to, to have to build Beaumont on, you know, in fact, he's happy to, to come on on our little podcast that you know started in a garage. Um, you know, <laughs> Brian I just got last week, you know, really, really great. I don't know, a personal relationship there, but you know, just, just great to, to have him on, and Brian Moore as well. And I've always found it fascinating to to hear that uh, that male perspective. Um, I think generally the, the, the view was that, that men could do quite a bit more. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, there's been a few male allies that are definitely coming out and wanting to support the women's game more so. And, you know, Brian O'Driscoll's been, I've been a massive fan of him since God knows when and and for a lot of listeners as well, I'm sure. And, and to have someone of kind of that magnitude to say, come on, we can do more. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, naturally it, it's probably, and, and this is what I like about it, that it's sincere and it's genuine. He's got a young girl and he recognises that actually 
if I want her to have opportunities and to be everything that she wants to be, then I've got to play a role in helping her get there. And and I think, you know, that's what's so lovely and organic about it is the fact that men who had young daughters are starting to recognise that actually I need to do something. And, and even if men don't have daughters, but, you know, a, a sister, a, a mother, a wife, you know, seeing it for for them as well. And I think that's what's so brilliant about it. But tell you a funny story about that. So Gerard Mullen, obviously he's Irish, sent me a message going, oh, you had Bod on, on the podcast. That's amazing. He's like my idol. I was like, oh, he mentioned you. He talked about you. <laughs> Got him good. He was like, no way, I've made it. He's my hero. <laughs> I was like, no, he didn't. <laughs> oh, you're mean. Got him one nil. Oh. <laughs> but, but again, you know, I you know, utterly flattered. You know, by by messages like that, you know, Jared um, doesn't have to listen to the pod. You know, he's a um, championship winning coach. Um, you know, and I think um, you know, very very humbled. Of, of you know, even even the last couple of days, actually, um, had a couple of um, people starting in the, the DMs and just just saying thank you very very much for. For the voice that we we give the women's game, and it's you know um, we do it because we we want to do it, and there's a there's a massive gap for it. Um, but you know it does does take time, does take energy, and it does take um, a, a lot of effort. And um, you know to to get the messages, uh, Adrian was was one of them. Uh, I know James at Saracen sent yeah, really really nice messages. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's hugely appreciated. No, I, yeah. Enjoyed having Bod on. He's my my best lookalike. Um, <laughs> yeah, the lady from the Crankies or the boy from the Crankies is not my favourite lookalike. Jack Black's not great, but um, I'll t- I'll take a lookalike for for Bod. But speaking of um, like inspired people, Jared inspired by uh, having Bryla just go on. Um, as you say, I love lovely the energy of someone like uh, Lisa Burgess, um, Marty Pack. I love her passion. Um, <laughs> Mummy Marla. Um, but I, I tell you one lady who just, you know, we, we said let's have a, a little look back and, and think about the, the people that you have know, just um, hit a chord with us this, this season. And I'll go back to, yeah, this was in January, our, our live pod during, during lockdown, uh, which is a cracking event. And um, I was utterly inspired, as were many people, by all sport Lindsay Pete. I mentioned there just we 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 introduced you just what unbelievable uh, life uh, the, the the journey you've been on um, uh, in particular obviously tonight we're focusing on the, the sporting journey that um, that you've been on the 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 football or should I say soccer probably uh, the Gaelic football the the, the the basketball what why why rugby and why have you stuck with it. Um, funny old story. I over here in Ireland, when you play GAA, it's your parish, so it's your it's your local community. So that's my club. So it's the area where I'm born and raised. Um, and we were moving house just after we got married. We were only meant to move in for six months, but it ended up we're still here. So uh, Dublin is divided into north side and south side. And I'm a very proud north sider, which uh, rugby isn't very prevalent over that side. Uh, it would be a lot more popular within the schools on the south side. So, um. 
I always wanted to try it. I really, you know, got the itch after. Obviously, the girls did unbelievable in 2014. The Irish girls and got to the semi-final. And I remember rushing home from work and watched them defeat New Zealand and then watched them against um, that great English team in the in the semi-final. And, you know, I really got the itch. So I always wanted to try it. Um, and I could never use my physicality in basketball, which is meant to be non-contact. And certainly, ladies' GA is not contact either. So I used to, referees were my best friends for the wrong reasons. So... Yeah, when I moved uh, to the other side of the city, I didn't want to betray my roots. I didn't want to move GAA didn't, club. I didn't want to move basketball club. So I said I'd give rugby a try and off I went down to Railway Union. And uh, and the rest is history. <laughs> She's great, Lindsay. Really, really enjoyed uh, her, her company. What uh what inspirational lady. She's now um, 67 years of age. And, um, <laughs> but she's just, you know, she's just turned 40. I mean, you've got years to go, Beth. Oh. <laughs> yeah, look, I do genuinely love the fact that she's, you know, she fights against all the odds. And, and like, we put these odds on ourselves and these limitations, and she just goes, well, I'm not, I'm not going to bow down to that or take that as, as what, what dictates what I do and I just love that kind of attitude from her and she has this unbelievable work ethic to be the best that she can be and that's ultimately why she is 40 and still is playing the way that she does and is you know breaking down barriers for for women and I and I think you know we talk all the time about getting young girls in the game and we want that of course we do but she also shows you can pick up a rugby ball at any point and you can carry on playing in your 40s because look, I can, and I think you know we we yes, of course, inspire the next generation. But there's also a generation that is not tapped into yet, and I think she she flies that flag for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was I, I can't remember the club now. You're missing me, but um, <laughs> a few clubs come across the uh, the old brain box during the season. But yeah, they, they were advertising for for women who you know, just wanted to pick up the game of whatever age, and more sort of senior type players and. Absolutely, you're never, never too old. Uh, we and women play well, well beyond their forties. So yeah, absolutely. I, I certainly love Lindsay Pete. And I, the other thing that came out of that is she's having to smash those barriers down. And, and you spoke about smashing barriers down there yourself. If you're a rugby fan, rugby is rugby, not gender specific. If you've got a chance to break a barrier down or just step on it to, to let someone jump over, then do that. It's a responsibility of every rugby fan and not just, you know, the likes of Sarah Orchard and you know, Ali Donnelly and Scrumquees and, uh, and us here. You know, it, it's a responsibility of, of every rugby fan. And if you get a chance, whatever it may be, however small it is, do that. You know, if you're a men's player at a rugby club and there's a women's side, go do a training session with them. Go down and have a beer and watch them to, to show your support. Whatever you can do, then, then, then do it. There, there shouldn't be so many barriers. Look at me ranting again, Beth. Well, it wouldn't be a problem. Exactly. I was waiting for when that was coming in. That was oh. quite a calm one, though. Well, yeah, you, you, it is calm. Let's, let's, I, yeah, just stop, stop there. Let, let's go. Because <laughs> what I really wanted to say. Okay, come on. Yeah. All right, any other highlights? Any other highlights? Um, just seeing you every week, Johnny. Um, no, but I love doing the live pods. Thanks, Pinocchio. Now carry on. 
uh, I love the live pods. I think, you know, it was incredible to see the enormous amount of support and, um, yeah, seeing people's faces when we did the first one on that Zoom and then the production line, how that's all changed now. I think the team behind WRP now has done our amazing work to get it to where it is. I'm really grateful to them. Um, but, yeah, just I think, you know, also hearing from, you know, parts of the world that you just don't maybe expect there to be rugby or what's going on and I think it's just really inspiring to to hear all of those and I think you know going down South Africa and seeing the developments and movements that they're doing now I think is outstanding and and you can just see that you know the the tides are changing everywhere and people are, are getting on board with stuff and I think South Africa have done that uh, remarkably well with obviously with Lynn Campwell getting it in there and you know all her wealth and experience and and just She's a woman that if she doesn't know or she hasn't got the knowledge in her, she goes after it and goes and finds out and then takes it into her own environment. And I think she's done that so, so quickly, all remotely from London as well. She hasn't even had the chance to get out there yet. Um, for those of you who don't know, she's now the new high-performance um, women's manager. But, yeah, she's been doing all this from her hometown. Well, it's not actually her hometown because she's Irish, but she's from London. So um, hopefully she'll be able to get out there soon, which – quite scary what she might be able to do when she's actually on the ground well i didn't know that yeah i don't know if she's back back, back here she's um you know southwest london isn't she but um wow yeah yeah indeed and, you know on, on all those games being broadcast as we speak at the moment uh for that um yeah the women's league going on um another highlight uh for me was um chatting with wendy yeah i uh, just unbelievable passion She's like the, the scrum queens, isn't she, of oh, USA? Yeah. yeah, the other side of the pond. Yeah, absolutely. Um, her passion and her uh, roundups every week are unbelievably awesome. <laughs> um, so, yeah, keep, keep big shout-out to, to Winnie. Keep, keep up the, the, the great work. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a, a pretty decent roundup, isn't it, Berth? Um, yeah. I think maybe touching on sevens, like how they've had such a difficult year around the world and now it's finally getting up and running again um, is great to see. And, and, you know, hopefully we'll see the World Series come back and return. Um, but obviously we've got the Olympics literally in a couple of months and, you know, can't wait to see how that plays out. And it's so great to see kind of Team GB have now sorted themselves out and they've got some funding and, and the players are playing and training together. Um but yeah, like that's been a that's been a whirlwind of a season for all countries around the world. You know, Australia, New Zealand only just played each other a couple of weeks ago. So the amount of games that they haven't been able to play in has been, you know, disappointing for them, I'm sure. But um, great to see that that's now up and running. Obviously, at the Euros at the weekend, um, seeing you know the you know you mentioned it earlier, like the teams that you just you know never expected to see being playing, um, to hear them back out on the pitch, it, it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, really good, good, good news story in the end from uh, from the Sevens team, wasn't it? Um, to together funding and uh, the national lottery fair play to you. Um, you mentioned the Sevens there, Berth. That sort of moves us seamlessly into the latest news, which we, uh, of course, must bring you. Hi, I'm Bill Beaumont, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Yep, 
Absolutely. So let's look at the Rugby Euro Sevens Championship in round one in Lisbon. Russia took the gold, having beaten Portugal 49-0, Belgium 38-0 and Spain 24-5 in the final. So pretty comprehensive wins there. Some great tries throughout the tournament. Scotland came fifth, Wales eighth. Russia only conceded one try all tournament. Whilst Israel took the conference title in Belgrade, defeating second seed Austria in the final game 14-10 with a try for the final play. Both countries have now been promoted to the Rugby Europe Sevens Championship, third tier to the European Trophy second tier. And this was the first a first ever tournament win for Israel. Great scenes at the end, seeing them celebrating. Awesome. Awesome. It was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Also to note, Monaco made their sevens debut in the tournament, the 143rd country to do so, and they also won their first ever game, 28-0 against Latvia. Latvia against Monaco. I mean, just, it's brilliant, isn't it? I know, it's so good. And if you want to, you want to get inspired, go, go on the uh, Rugby Europe website and have a look at those teams that, that, that were playing in the, in the sevens of the weekend. Men or women, it you know, matters not to us. Um, but just some unbelievable countries. Just think, my God, they're playing rugby as well. Um, over in Dublin, more sevens at the weekend. The HPC International Sevens between Ireland Women 1 and Ireland Women 2 and GB. Uh, on day one, the five games are played, with GB winning three from four. Ireland 1 winning two from three. And on day two... There were three games between Ireland and GB where Ireland won two. Emily Murphy Crow impressed throughout. Did you watch some of that? I only got to see a couple of it, but Dublin, I mean, not Dublin, Ireland won looked very, very good. Um, just really clinical, looked after possession, ferocious in the contact area. Um, I definitely think that was a step up from what we saw them when they came to St George's um, a couple of Weeks ago now? A month ago? <laughs> yeah. What day is it? I'm sick and fast. As soon as you get up and running, it's, yeah, you can't keep up. Indeed, so. Uh, more sevens from the other side of the pond. The Collegiate Rugby Championship sevens taking place over there. Sativa Tirupikurua was voted MVP. Apologies if not pronounced that correctly. Um, no doubt some will, will get in touch. Uh, Lindenwood University were champions with Life University in second and Wayne State College in third. And Zambia won the Battle of the Zambezi Series 2-0 against Zimbabwe, claiming a 31-22 win on the 2nd of June before a 38-17 win on the 5th of June. Both games were close some very exciting and expansive rugby were played. Fantastic to see the return of rugby in Southern Africa. Though these weren't seen deemed as a test match, but all more so for seeing rugby being played down there. Yeah, it was, it was uh, absolutely awesome. Um, and we, I have been in contact with um, a lady in Uganda who's, um, you know, name escapes me at the minute, um, but... Um, yeah, we're going to have her on the pod very, very soon in the in the new year. Um, I'm sorry, new year in the new <laughs> season. Um, that's not even the new year. Um, Koyo Koyo, 
Uh, yeah, been in touch with her on, on Twitter. We're just not quite sure of the, the technical abilities that, to be able to, to get her on. But uh, certainly want to get her on beginning of the season. I think Cadwell's one we've just got to get on as well, isn't it? Uh, but France still continuing with their league, the uh, Elite One Feminine, the semi-finals uh, this weekend. ASM Rogmina against Montpellier. And Blagnac Sporting Club Rugby against Stade Toulousien. We will have to obviously bring you those results when we return. That's about it. For this episode of Series Bell. <laughs> no, let's have a, have a shout out. <laughs> Yeah, just a shout out to Leah Barard. We think that's how you say your name. Your rugby career that spanned over 20 years. It's her, it's her 14th year as professional referee. Impressively, Leah was the first woman to referee in a men's professional rugby competition anywhere in the world. Yeah. And is still the only American to referee a rugby World Cup final. Now turned her hand to refereeing American football. Look at that. Pretty impressive, eh? Yeah, awesome. Good for you, Leah. <laughs> is that what they do? Oh, they, they, they... That's touchdown, isn't it? That's, that's Australian rules. But they, they do that are... in, in do football. I'm sure they do. Uh, for, for those of you just listening, uh, <laughs> we're seeing some sort of bizarre hand movement. I think I'm going to do that right now. I think I've seen her do that on the dark floor before as well. Um, <laughs> Now, all I remember from watching a bit of American football live was little hankies being thrown on the field. Little what? Hankies? Yeah. Oh. Flags or something. It's like some sort of Morris dance on the, on, from officials on the side. They throw flags on if they've seen something. Yeah. I've just checked online. That is correct. Is it? It's actually hands like that, not fingers. Uh, Aussie rules is like that, isn't it? Sort of arms yeah. Yeah. And then one down if they've got down the side post. Who comes up with these things? I mean, this is brilliant for our listeners. <laughs> well, look, you need to be watching the pod as well. There you go. Yeah, indeed. See what well. we're up to. But who what? does come up with these signals? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If somebody knows out there. <laughs> yeah. No, do you know what? No, please don't tell us. But. <laughs> You're going to have quite a lot of time recuperating. Oh, yeah, I meant to have a switch you off. Can research. Well, researching how referees got their arm gestures. Okay, if anybody does know, part of my research is asking now, if you know. No, no, don't. <laughs> get in touch. We're going, to, we're, we're going to hold you to it. Like you're speaking French and reading more books. We're going to hold you to these things. I've read more books, thank you. Good. Listened or read? Both. Good. Read and listen. But we foresee we oui. no. uh, <laughs> you know that means goodbye yeah yep you meant that we've been up see awesome right so you've added au revoir to your repertoire excellent that's an excellent <laughs> year's work uh the last shout out of the series has to go to new zealand uh dr farah palmer the former blackburns captain yeah we should have announced this a couple of weeks ago uh, but she's also the first woman on the board of directors for New Zealand Rugby. Has been named the deputy chair of the union. Uh, again, another step forward. We've, we've seen advances like that in Wales. 
uh, obviously Sue Dagan, uh, awesome stuff that you are reviews in Canada as well. Um, so yeah, some some good stuff going down in New Zealand. Um, I guess it's a few thank yous really, isn't it? And congratulations. Congratulations to Harlequins. Don't know who the French winner is at the moment. Don't know who's won over in South Africa in that league. Uh, congratulations to England for winning the, uh, the the Six Nations. Who else has won stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't been much other rugby, have they? Really? That has concluded anyway. No. Um, yeah. Good luck to everyone in Tokyo. Uh, we are working on some plans to bring you a little bit of coverage of of that here on the, on the pod. So do keep your eyes across our socials. Uh, and of course, a massive, massive year next year with the World Cup culminating. Um, still protecting Jacinda Arden, trying to get her on the pod. Um, but yeah, really, really exciting. We've got some really exciting plans as well, which are already... Uh, in place for next season. Um, so yes, the the pod will be coming at you slightly differently next season. Uh, but some, so yeah, as I say, some really really exciting stuff. Um, anyone you want to thank Rachel Burford? I just think to all of our listeners, most importantly, who turn up week in, week out, and listen to us and give us some feedback and and give us the stars that that really do make a difference, um, and the messages you know on Twitter and Instagram, um, you know we know we've got a lot of really loyal fans supporting us and what we do, and and yeah, so I think the biggest thank you goes out to all of them, um, from me. Hundred percent. Um... I was to say thank you to some of our partners to, through through the season, uh, Rugby Coffee, um, and Aliats, of course, for supporting us on our couple of live shows. Some other big conversations happening in that space as well. So a couple of companies fronting up, well, at least answering emails. So that's a start, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'd like to thank the team. Uh, we put it out there, didn't we? Uh, needed a, a bit of help to uh, to get the pod and to push it to, to new levels. Um, rugby up. thank you very much for your continued support to Tom, Harry, unbelievable graphics uh, that Harry's pumping out uh, multiple times a week. Thank you very much to, to Jenny, to Emerson, and yeah, a big old thank you to, to Sean for putting all uh, the, the YouTube and, and stuff together as well. Yeah, huge, huge thank you to uh, to all of them uh, and a big old thank you to you Bert because it's not uh, it's not the easiest thing you're still playing you're still playing against you know uh, your friends and uh, people that uh, you shared a, a, an English shirt with and to to come on and um, be as, as honest and frank as as you are um, thank you very much for that oh, it's been my pleasure Johnny and you make it so easy the way that you allow the podcast to flow and to bring out the right stories and, you know, the way that we are bringing news. The fact that people use this podcast as fact-finding for their jobs is incredible. 
So, and that's heavily down to, to your scripting and your flow of the show that's going on. So well done to you and all your contributions to women's rugby and especially the podcast, because I know that it's very time consuming. Um, but listen, so many of us are grateful for it, especially all of our listeners. So big thank you from me, but also from all our listeners as well. <laughs> Quick cut, cut. Oh, I hate goodbyes. <laughs> No, look, guys, if, um, get in touch as ever. Uh, let us know, you know, let us know what your highlights have been of the season. Um, and let us know who makes referee dis- signals. No, first do that by yourself. <laughs> That's research. You yeah. ask people. No, you do it yourself. Um, no, look, <laughs> she's on her phone already. <laughs> Yeah, who your favourite guests have been, who your favourite episodes have been, who's your favourite quotes, who's inspired you, who's not. Just let us know what you're you're up to over the summer. As we say, um, yeah, you may well be bringing something around the Olympics, which were, which would be really, really fun. At Pod Women's Rugby, as ever, across the socials, Insta, Twitter, we're on YouTube, of course, LinkedIn, Facebook as well. Uh, and of course, why don't I get some stashing? It's good stuff. Uh, Fergus has yet to, to send us any bits and pieces. Come on, <laughs> Fergus. Be sharp up. Uh, but no, yeah, big big thank you to Fergus Fowl at Hallbro. Um, and the shop is there. www.hallbro.com forward slash WRP to get your stash. But that's it then, Berth. All the very, very best tomorrow. You, you won't need it, obviously. Um, yeah, enjoy that three or four seconds when you're just going under. Oh, yeah, that's the bit I'm looking forward to. Countdown yeah. from 10. Uh, Eight, gone. Uh, <laughs> uh, all, all the very, very best. Thank um, you. And no doubt we, we will speak. But, um, yeah, in terms of this season, awesome stuff. Thank you very much. Um, and we will see you very, very soon. Until next time. Get Johnny a tissue, someone. <laughs>